Family meeting after 10. Welcome to Family Meeting, a Peaky Blinders podcast. I'm Kelly Anakin. And I'm Tom Schneider. And with us today is Bay Area comedian Allison Mick. Hello. Hi, Allison. Hi. Thanks for joining us again. Thanks for having me. You were on before. You did The Little Princess with us, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, man. What oh, a time. Oh, fuck that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was a whole thing. It was. That was. What was the the director on that? Was somebody or uh, Inarito? In, no. no, no, no. It, uh, was it Alfonso Cuero? Yes. Was it okay? Yeah. It was somebody with all the colors. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, him. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, there's only so much you can do. Yeah. I remember seeing that with name a story over a backdrop of like green. <laughs> I was like, what do I remember? Flowing. I was like, what yeah. do I remember? I remember like colors and magical wind is... and uh, that oh, monkey. Yeah. I always think of the monkey first mm. when I think of the little princess. I think of the Orientalism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think to speak of the little princess is to speak of that monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Uh, yeah, well, you can find Allison on Twitter. She's at Allison Mick. Yes. No spaces, no dashes. Underscore in between. Gotcha. Sorry. At Allison underscore Mick. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, I uh, actually I actually have at Kelly Anakin and I don't use it. Really? Yeah. But I figured I better lock it down. Some vanilla bitch has... Oh, I'm sure she does. Allison Mick. Because <laughs> it's her like real name or whatever. <laughs> I guess she can have that. No. What? I'll take the oh, first gosh. page of Google results. <laughs> I love I love talking to comedians about their janky Twitter handles uh, with like numbers and shit on the end. Fucking and then Lieb. Huh? Well, that Lieb, one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's actually really funny to me. Like, I think it's that's the hysterical. Worst. Uh, no, but uh, there's like, I don't even want to say his name. He's, I don't want him to ever talk to me again. Um, <laughs> no, I just, I know this guy and he has like one at the end of his th- Twitter handle and he's like so butthurt about it because the person with his, like the handle that he wants, like hasn't used it and he can't like convince Twitter to give oh. it to him. But I'm also like, you could have picked a less stupid Twitter handle for yourself. Sean Keen finally got at Sean Keen. Oh, did he? He's not LL he's, he's cool not, Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, man. End of an era. I kind of... Wow. I think I might need to take a minute, guys. <laughs> I might need a fainting couch. Like, Jesus. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> anyway. All right. Let's talk about uh, Peaky Blinders, shall we? Yeah. Sure. Had you seen the so, show before? Yeah, I watched... I watched it like in a day and then that was months ago and yeah. then didn't remember anything because that's mm-hmm. what happens when you binge watch stuff. Yeah. 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 Definitely. I'm super into this for six hours and then. That's how what I feel happened? about Orange is the New Black, but I kind of like it that way. Yeah. I we always binge watch it and then I'm always like, I don't know what happened. Yeah. But... Which is because we suspect it wouldn't hold up really. Yeah. So the yeah. idea that it, you know, just sort of passes through us and. Yeah. 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 That's why I respect the people that write think pieces about it. Cause like, how are you doing? Like you can think <laughs> about that for like that long. I did a recap podcast for our podcast network. Mm-hmm. I did, I think two or three episodes and I, I did such a terrible job. I did not like prep at all. <laughs> uh, and I just like, you know, I would like be like, wow, did that all happen? Like, I don't, <laughs> what? I don't remember any of that. That's going to be me today. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. I watched Excellent. this episode four days ago and now I'm like, uh, hey, what that's happened? why we, that's why we write the recaps out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. 
So we uh, we start off. We have PJ Harvey's cover of Red Right Hand uh, kicking in. Uh, some kids are watching some sort of creepy shadow puppet show. I mean, they didn't uh, have binge watching back then. I know. <laughs> well, like, they did. God. It was just they could only binge watch shadow puppet shows. <laughs> puppet shows. All oh, those poor kids. I I binge watched all the puppet shows. <laughs> Uh, there's a guy smoking in the back. Uh, he gets garroted as the show continues. And that, uh, I mean, that's why I never go to puppet shows. It's just <laughs> all too common, really. Yeah. Yeah. I, at this point. <laughs> I don't like this version of Red Right Hand nearly as much as Nick Cave's. I like every version of it. Um, I, <laughs> song's a jam. It's a really good jam, but I just like don't like PJ Harvey. What? I, I know. Like, I think does my like. Which tri- one is she? Uh, she's that one. She's with like the, the hair, hair and Amanda something. Palmer mixed up, like I mean, all no, the time. Amanda Palmer has the eyebrows, yeah, and I yeah. think is a much more annoying person than yeah. PJ Harvey. I think PJ Harvey has a shaved head. Generally, I could be wrong. Shaved eyebrows, shaved head, same difference. <laughs> Am I thinking of peaches? I don't know. Peaches yeah. Harvey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I would listen Pe- to that cover PJ. of Red Right Hand. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I couldn't even get through it. <laughs> Anyway, the whole, like, PJ Harvey thing, I'm like, oh, what if you were Fiona Apple, though? Like, then I might be interested in you. Yeah, well, and in my I've only ever seen PJ Harvey on this old, uh, like, panel show on VH1 where, like, a bunch of second-class celebrities would get together and, like, try to decide what the best karaoke song of all time was and things like that. Wow. Yeah. I'm sometimes really envious of you because you're four years older than me. (laughs) So, like, you got to see some really, like, 100-level... MTV and VH1 trainwrecks. <laughs> yeah. Like, by the time I got cable, like, I, uh, I was like, you know, they had figured their shit out. Everything yeah. was, like, filmed in, like, yeah. conference room G of the holiday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I was in the era where cable channels didn't necessarily have anybody that knew how television worked. And they were just like, I don't know, make something happen. Do it. I wonder if that's how kids feel about YouTube today. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. And Vine. Did you read all about those Vine stars? No, because oh I my don't give a shit about Vine. It was amazing. <laughs> really? Like, oh, yeah. It was like, you know, it was like a profile. You know, it was all very think piece. It was like, you know, what does this mean? And you're like, and what are like, you trying to do? And they're like, the biggest... oh, I'm going to try and get into acting because people really like me six no, seconds at a time. And that's exactly what they, they do. They might like me for longer than that. Yeah. And the, like the main kid Ugh. that they focused on, I don't remember his name, which is probably not good for his career. <laughs> <laughs> but like he actually, he went to Ohio University, which I almost went to. And it's good that I didn't because I probably would have gotten Ohio? The Ohio? No, no, no. Oh. Ohio University. Oh, the not Ohio the Ohio State, State University. Okay. Right. Listen, these are these are local jokes, people. <laughs> um, local jokes get local work, people. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, but I was just like, oh, let us tell jokes like, in Ohio. I felt, no, I felt a lot more like charitable toward him then when I found out he was from Ohio. I'm like, you know what? Go ahead, <laughs> go ahead and live in your underfurnished apartment with your like razor scooter. Like yeah. you've made it. You've done better than anyone in Ohio ever. And Rock I on, Buckeye. astronaut John Glenn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's dead. Did he go to the moon? Or just uh, go to space? I think he just went to space. He was the Ugh. first to orbit the Earth. How insufferable does like astronaut <laughs> happy hours have been in like the 60s and 70s? Oh, man. They were happy by- hours. Oh, right. They you were actually, happy like, read the they right stuff. All I yeah. guess time. I could just read it. Yeah. <laughs> They referred to women as cookies. What? Yeah, that was their yeah. term amongst themselves. I mean, I guess that implies that they went down on them. 
Oh, they wouldn't did it, Kelly. So Come on. <laughs> oh, man. Now I want to rewrite this song, Nookie. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. I actually did once hear a Cookie Monster cover of that song. Really? Well, I mean, it wasn't really Cookie Monster. Oh, it was on Sesame Street. It was Cookie Monster. I saw that. Really? Yeah. Of the song Nookie. Yeah, in like 2001. Really? Yeah. There, they've never been afraid of, uh, you know, I mean, as long as... Parodying really inappropriate subject matter. Yeah, I mean, as long yeah. as it's not, you <gasps> know... Game of Thrones. Okay, I do want to say before we go any further and deal with the fallout of this grot. <laughs> uh, guys, I'm really unhappy about Sesame Street. Uh, getting bought by HBO, essentially. I mean, it'll be easier for me to watch, so I like that. <laughs> That's a fair point. Uh, but I don't want... I don't know. I just feel bad. I mean, like, and I know they're going to give it to PBS eventually. Right. Wait, they took... Wait, they HBO, bought it from PBS? HBO, all all episodes of Sesame Street will now air first on HBO and later on PBS. They have a, a nine-month period of exclusivity, and then they will air on PBS. Okay. Yeah. And it just makes me so sad because they're, you know, I mean, it's not like, like they don't have 7 million episodes to pull from. They I can mean, play it's a true, but it's like, I don't know. It's like, God, can poor kids have anything? <sighs> they can't. They can, but later. Uh, <laughs> it's like, no, it is. It's like, you know, it's like the thrift store version of Sesame Street somehow. And it's like, they get to make more episodes per year now. Yeah. But I'm just, I don't know. Yeah. I think I just like read a slate article 18. about it. I read a headline. <laughs> I did read a headline. It yeah, was like, I'm uncomfortable. All I know. I'm uncomfortable with the symbolism behind this decision. And I'm like, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, well, I mean. There's I am, no PBS go. So I am happy I'm there's really going to be watch more sex position now on Sesame Street. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> more sex position and more violence. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, back to. This show. Okay. Peaky Blinders, Peaky which Blinders. is not on HBO. Yeah. Uh, so in Sam Neill's office, Moss explains that an Irishman was killed at a street show in The Patch and wants to know if that's of interest to Sam Neill's department. Uh, and Sam Neill exposits for us about how the Irish are fighting amongst themselves about the King's Treaty. And Moss is like, I get it. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not an idiot. He kind of is, though. Yeah. yeah. Well, Sam Neill also just likes making people feel like idiots. Well, because everyone makes him feel like an idiot. He's punching well, that's down. That's because he actually is an idiot. <laughs> yeah. He, he got, got shot, shot by a girl. By a <laughs> <laughs> all he that's had to do. Like, reason for all being he had to do then. was not go to that train station. Yeah. And he would have not gotten shot in the leg. All he had to do was shoot her first instead of like shaking. Yeah, like, and like shaking the gun in his hand like a fucking pansy about Thomas Shelby. <laughs> I loved you. <laughs> <laughs> that was like uh, on Degrassi Next Generation. It, yeah, when Rick uh, was like, "I'm gonna shoot you, Terry," and then shot Drake. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, because she like didn't pay attention. I don't remember. I, yeah, no, he was like they, they were dating. Of, they were maybe dating or at least they were getting along fine. And then she was like, you're kind of weird after all. So, oh yeah. Cause he got really possessive and weird. Yeah. And he, you mean yeah. of Emma? No, no Terry. he pushed, Wait. didn't oh, he God, push her Terry. down and she yeah. hit her head? Oh my God. Yeah. Guys, I completely forgot about Terry. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she left after that. After that happened, she I had mean, to go to a different a school, school shooting that hurts no, Jimmy. He, and, that happened. Yeah. No, no, no. That's not what caused the school shooting. She broke that, up with Rick and then no, 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 no. killer. So in season three, that's when he dated Terry and he was being really controlling and she finally got out of that relationship. He had to like 
go to like juvie or something <laughs> whatever yeah, the no, canada he, version of juvie is he canada's shoved so her down great. and they she hit her head on a juvie rock for yeah being he shoved bad her down boyfriends. she hit her head on a rock and then she was like okay eventually but mm-hmm. like she wound up switching schools and then Aww. in season four he comes back and everybody at the school organized and he by learned Emma. some new tricks mm-hmm. everybody decided to shun him but then he became friends with Toby, who mm-hmm. they never gave a good storyline to. Yeah, it was IMO. bullshit. Uh, Toby he got was Liberty our favorite character. Huh? He got Liberty pregnant. No, he didn't. That was JT. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, Ugh. but like, so... Uh, Rick got on the um, academic bowl team or whatever they called yeah. it. Um, and he was really good at trivia. So he started being friends with Drake. But then Jay... Was Drake on the trivia Drake team? Drake was on the trivia team. Yeah. He was so good at He everything. was such an upstanding citizen. Like, good job. <laughs> yeah. um, Not so like now. <laughs> Jay, uh, Jay and Spinner and Alex. Although Who's the, Alex? Alex was Jay's girlfriend. Uh, she was awesome. She later dated Paige. Oh, yeah. got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they pulled like a carry basically, and they like dumped paint and feathers on Rick at an assembly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, they knew he was like Spinner and Jay saw him in the bathroom, like they saw his feet under the stall, and so they said that it was Drake that oh, did no. that to him. Yeah. yeah, and so that was what caused the shooting was that they humiliated him. He went home, got his gun, and then tried to shoot the absolute wrong people. Yep, they shouldn't have done and that actually, to the only he, person sorry. in Canada with a gun. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it was like, but you then know, Kevin Smith came and solved everything. Oh yeah, <laughs> let's put on a play or some weird shit. Oh my god! Oh, they made a movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Jay and Silent Bob were in it. Alanis Morissette. Yeah, in it. she was the principal of the Canadian high school they went to. Jesus, God, uh, those were really the times. We tried. Let's to just watch, talk about other shows. We tried, <laughs> yeah. we tried to watch an episode of New Degrassi the other night, and we were like, "What the fuck Who is are going these on?" <laughs> no, I actually, I drunkenly tweeted. I was like, "Degrassi really needs to teach a class in how to not behave like a forty-five-year-old alcoholic divorcee." Yes, because true. every single one of those kids, like every relationship they have, like the stakes are so high. Well, they're teenagers; they just care so much. I'm but it sure. didn't feel that way. It was just like. God, I hate you, Martha. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, drunk. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. All right. Listen. Second paragraph. This is going great. This is definitely not going to be a really long episode. (laughs) Sweet. No cuts. It's in my writer. (laughs) We've got your M&Ms for you. Only. Yes. Thank you. So Sam Neill asks Moss for help finding lo- lodgings, and Moss makes fun of him because he has bad memories about the last lodgings. Where has he been staying where up until the last lodgings? Uh, I mean, it was just, you know, where he was staying when he had a boner for Grace, and she was like, I like Killian Murphy, oh and God. singing terrible songs. <laughs> it was all right. <laughs> As a current singing barmaid, her game is all right. <laughs> uh, how's your spittoon game? Pretty good. Yeah. I've had a cold, so I've been spitting basically everywhere. (laughs) I'll spit right in that cup right now. And then miss and hit the soundboard, and now we won't have any power. (laughs) Podcast over. (laughs) A terrifying vision of things. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Anyway, Sam Neill claims that he has no regrets about season one, and that he he imagines that the men had a good laugh at him for developing feelings, uh, but... 
he doesn't has no regrets about what happened with Miss Burgess. So now we know Grace's last name, which that, I realized we didn't know. Now that she's not on the show anymore. Yeah. Oh, because uh, she had a secret last name. She was like, I'm Grace Kelly or she, something. She not, no, she just never said her last name. Oh, no. Well, that we know Must of. have been nice. Living back in old times when you didn't have to have a last name. I don't name. have a last name. Yeah. I can't afford one. I don't <laughs> need one. The IRA killed my last name. <laughs> Called Save the King. If they kill your brother, then you don't get a last name anymore. <laughs> I don't have any living male relatives, you see. <laughs> anyway, Moss says that Sam Neill is out of his bloody mind as he leaves, and he is correct. <laughs> uh, at the garrison, Finn starts as the door closes. He then says, next, and waves a nervous-looking guy into the updated snug, which oh. I liked better. I liked the garrison better when it was like kind of shittier. And it wasn't even that shitty before, but now the whole thing is like guilt. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, this is it too It looks like fancy. a Russian tea room. It does. And I don't think it looks natural but for I like the Shelby's. To be. You like it? Okay. I, I do. That's fine. I'm a big fan of like new rich like, <laughs> <up> for. <sighs> Man, I'd love to send you back in time and be on the Titanic. But like bring <sighs> you back before things get real. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, or I could just go to like San Francisco. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> See one, how actually. the new rich are doing stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's very like, minimalist. It's kind of boring, actually. Uh, it's all so much reclaimed wood. <laughs> People say we're not classy. Check out all this gold paint. Who's classy now? <laughs> it's true. Uh, this kid comes in and he says his name is Digbeth Kid, like Billy the Kid. Oh. Uh, Killian correctly guesses that Digbeth has spent a lot of time at the pictures, and Digbeth then pulls a gun, and everybody wigs out because uh, they're doing like job interviews. Like, pro tip. Don't pull out a gun and <laughs> chop it. <laughs> uh, right. But it turns out it's just a very realistic-looking wooden gun, and Digbeth's sister has made him a gun belt to go with it. Uh, Digbeth has no criminal record, so the blinders are going to stand him up to be arrested so the coppers can meet their quotas for illegal gambling and leave them alone. Digbeth will get a week in prison the first time, plus five quid for his trouble. And Killian tells him to write down his address for Finn, but Digbeth can't write. Uh, Mumper crows, that's all right, Finn can't read. And I laughed so hard when I said that. I just, I don't Mumper know. is John, right? Yeah, Mumper yeah. is John, okay. and I love him so much. Like, he's, he's, I think, my favorite Shelby brother. Well, he's, he's the, the one the that's happiest. married to the gypsy girl, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's great. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, and she's not in this episode. Yeah. Which I can't remember if they like sideline her for the whole rest of this series. She comes up later and she's like, I've got ideas too. And they're like, we listen to women. And no, they did that in the episode before this one. Oh, and that's what I I think maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Killian says to just tell Finn his address and they'll send somebody around. He leaves and Arthur literally says kids these days. (laughs) Uh, but Killian reminds him that they didn't fight in the war. So they're different. They stay kids. And it's one of those patented Killian Murphy, like, gut drop moments where you're like, wow, he's very attractive and saying truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the kid uh, specifically watched Tom Mix Pictures. Tom Mix Pictures. That's like a vocal warm up (laughs) show choir. Uh, And Tom Mix was fairly interesting, and I looked up a bunch of facts about him, but didn't write them down. The only thing I remember at this point was that he marched in an inaugural parade with Seth Bullock. AKA the protagonist of the show Deadwood. Oh, yeah. Timothy yeah. Oliphant, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you told me his hats were giant. That's what they I remember. They were, yes. He would wear giant cowboy hats. He was like a cowboy star. Yeah. Yeah. He okay. was sort of the, kind of the original sort of. 
template for what became the standard you cowboy? know cowboy image yeah got it and he was an american or he was american yeah okay did they make movies in england back then they did but not that many like charlie chaplin used to make it was movies like now in england y- yeah yeah pretty, pretty they have their own movies now. but like no one really cares yeah i mean i would say i would say i just saw that amy winehouse documentary <laughs> I think they had less movies then than they do now. I could be wrong, but that's my impression oh. is that it was basically just America and then France and Germany to an extent. Ah. <laughs> well, and Russia know. was just sort of like cutting frames together and like putting like jangly piano music behind <laughs> it. And you're like, it's deconstruction. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, I like to think of the, the German films, like, you know, they would all be silent. But at the movies, like, they were playing, like, techno on the organ. <laughs> like, industrial house music. <laughs> what else happens on this show? Um, some people. Well, we see Paul wearing a fairly ridiculous outfit. This is, oh, yeah. Uh, as she is serving tea to Henry slash Michael. Uh, who are going to refer to as H and M because those are the initials, <laughs> and, and it's hilarious. It amuses us, yes. He assures Polly that the tea was super and wants to know if she's a cook. She says, "Uh, no." Wondering how she will answer following uh, follow up questions. She cooks the books, doesn't she? She does. Uh, yeah. Puns. <laughs> <laughs> H&M says that Killian looks rich and wants to know what he does, and Paul says that Killian works with horses, which is technically true. <laughs> H&M says that he has a bay mare that he rides all the time, uh, which does not advance the conversation. Paul mm-hmm. is acting very weird and suspicious. H&M says he's got a million questions. Paul says that she does as well. Uh, he says that he's had a million pictures in his head, and she's like, well, here I am. And it's awkward, as one would imagine this, you know, reunion would be. I mean, yeah. you run away from your mom to meet your mom, and then she's kind of... They could really use a liaison from, like, social services. <laughs> social services was keeping them apart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They would have been here like, no one is supposed to be here right now. <laughs> How did this happen? I don't know, like a priest or something? I... Uh, a bartender? Like, they need somebody else here. Yeah. Possibly some sort of gypsy. A gypsy actually would have been ideal. A gypsy mm-hmm. would have cut through all the bullshit and gotten to like the sort of resolution it's of like this both conversation. Of you put your hand on this glass, yeah. and now your family again. Yeah. Now, Paul asks if it's all right that it's her, meaning that you know she's his mother, and if he's okay with that. And H and M says that they are who they are, which doesn't quite answer the question. Oh. Uh, Paul like Proto Kesha. Yeah. Paul asks again if it's all right that it's her and in a place like that. Uh, and H&M smiles and says that actually he thought it would be worse. Uh, and then Mumper and Arthur bust in the door playing, uh, you know, at being cowboys like they're Digbeth the Kid. And but with their actual real guns. Right. Yeah. And Not their wooden guns. <laughs> if you don't have a wooden gun, you use a real gun. <laughs> Uh, Mumper sees the, you know, intruder and stops, which annoys Arthur because he says that Mumper was hit and should go down. <laughs> uh, but then they all see what's what. H&M looks sheepish and Killian enters uh, and just sort of approving of the whole situation. Arthur asks who H&M is and Killian tells them that it's their cousin. 
Polly's son, Michael. And it also should be noted that what Mumper and Arthur believe at first is that this is another young lover that Polly has taken, much like the one she took, like, just the night before. Yeah. yeah. When she came out looking like Grizabella the Glamour Cat. <laughs> H&M shakes hands with everybody. Arthur and Mumper share their fond memories of abusing him, i.e. putting him in a shoebox and kicking him around the street, which... How I big were shoeboxes back then? I don't I mean, think you're supposed. Pretty big. I don't think oh, you're supposed it... to kick babies. Like, oh come on, Tom! It's Beham. <laughs> or maybe it wasn't. It was some kind of box. Uh, it was like may, it, shoe boxes. Maybe doesn't make sense then. I don't know. Anyway, whatever it was. Maybe he was small from being malnourished. Yeah, <laughs> that could be. Anyway, That's why they took him away? All I know is they kicked him. Uh, <laughs> cool. H and M doesn't remember anything before the day he was taken away. And Killian welcomes him to the Shelby family. Arthur and Mumper say that they'll show him the ropes, but Killian says to leave him be. And H&M is like, oh, they seem nice. So Waka waka! Yeah. This is a textbook example of dramatic irony <laughs> for our high school listeners. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what? Their entire job is to not seem nice. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's how they make their living. And they're also incapable of being nice. Like, Killian can be polite, but none of them, like, I would never meet any of them and then leave that situation. Like, oh, they were nice. Like, oh, they were withering. Yeah. (laughs) They didn't shoot me. He had real sharp cheekbones. (laughs) (laughs) So we cut to a garage with a nice view of a larger than usual Beeham fire. Um, Killian greets Corporal Billy Kitchen, who arrives along with Mumper. Killian says that Billy has to pass the physical before joining up. Uh, Billy opens his shirt and he was shot recently. Uh, so rather though than that being an automatic failure, Killian asks <laughs> if uh, when the bandages can come off and he says he'll take them off when he wants to. And I'm like, I'm beginning to see at least part of why life expectancies used to be so short. <laughs> Killian says to leave the bandages on for a week, not before. And then the two of them wax nostalgic about their days in the war. So they were in the same brigade. Um, and Killian now wants Billy to head up a different kind of brigade. Ooh. He'll command a hundred men. And then John uh, pipes up that he hopes that uh, Kitchen's black country cousins will stop robbing their boats. Uh, Brigadier Kitchen says, that'll be the day. And Killian reminds everybody, London there for the taking and i'm like ah it's not I really think there for being, the taking right like yeah. there's like people there other people definitely are in charge of the stuff that you want yeah, yeah like the last thing you tried to do there you got the shit beaten out of you yeah but uh he's you know, very much the pilgrims in this situation <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure it's right there we can take it <laughs> we'll have a party with turkey oh <laughs> then give everyone syphilis yeah oh i you know what honestly i think killian's probably well could they cure syphilis at this point? No, I don't think so. Can they so. cure it now? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's Just good. antibiotics now. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. They didn't have them back then. Yeah. So I guess anyway, so I was going to say Killian may have given somebody syphilis, but no, because he would be insane by now. Possibly. Yeah. Unless he had that slow burn syphilis. <laughs> I, yeah. You know what? That, syphilis SB. Yeah. Slow actin. Well, because that... Uh, <laughs> Because that socialite thought she was an opera singer had syphilis that I was talking about the other day. Yeah. That was around the same time period. Maria Collis? No. That was, <laughs> she was called Florence something, uh, and she just got it into her head that she was a great opera singer, and she would only ever sing for her friends, and she was awful. So she was a rich lady. Yeah. 
And but she's by all appearances seemed to really be convinced that she was like legitimately good and wound up eventually With no booking training or anything. Yeah, and booking a show at Carnegie Hall, which was packed because everybody had heard the rumors about how awful <laughs> she was and deluded about it. Was it like Johnson or something? Her last name? Maybe hmm. I don't remember. But if you just look up like socialite opera singer, you'll find it. It's really interesting. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Where's uh, her biopic? Right. <laughs> Where's her fucking parade? They're they're working on one. <laughs> no, oh, are not. they really? She's a yeah. lady. No, they oh, are. They are. I think I may be wrong, but I want to say Meryl Streep. Yeah, as her. Yeah, huh. Meryl yeah. Streep as anybody. I might. Yeah, I might. It's weird. I've never seen a Meryl Streep like singing movie apart from Into the Woods. Mamma Mia. Nope. You didn't see it. No. Oh, it's tight. See it. All right. It's Colin, Colin Firth. Firth? In? Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm sold. Let's do Colin this. Colin Firth, Stellan right. Skarsgård. What? Yeah. Oh shit. All right. And a third one. Okay. I want to say Timothy Dalton, but maybe not. That seems reasonable, but who knows? Yeah. Well, that's certainly <laughs> important. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile. H&M approaches Killian and says that he needs to use the garrison's telephone, and Killian says to be quick, as he has business. Inside, H&M says Polly told him that Killian owns the pub. Killian asks if he calls her Polly or Mom, and H&M says he can't get used to calling her Mom yet, which makes sense. He says that he's there to call his Mom, well, you know what I yeah, 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 uh, and tell her that he's going to be staying in Beeham for a few days. Killian asks how old he is, Michael says 17, and Killian says that that means that it is not his choice. Michael says he's 18 in a few weeks. Uh, Killian offers him a smoke and a drink, both of which he declines. Although I don't know if there was any underage, like, I don't know if it was against the law to smoke or drink at that point. I don't think it would have been against the law, but he was brought up in this middle class home and would have been taught, you know, not to do those things. Mm -hmm. I thought they did, though. I would see those pictures of, like, uh, there's, like, a German prince who was, like, nine and, like, smoking and drinking. Well, I mean, I think... Probably? Yeah, well, if you're a prince. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it probably depended on, you know, these seem, he was, seemed like he was with like super like Christian rural people. Yeah. You know, real squares. Yeah. They listened on the radio to like whatever the equivalent of the 700 club was. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Anyway, Killian tells him to go back home and to write a letter to Polly that he'll sort things out when he's 18. H&M says he'll make up his own mind. Killian wants to know if H&M knows what they do, and H&M, say, H&M says that he thinks so. I mean, Killian tells him that since he's young, he thinks that what they do is all right, but it's not all right. And, uh, yeah, I, I concur. He just I wants actually, to go I really, straight. I really like this scene. Yeah. Like, you rarely get to see him actually having, like, a moral reckoning with what he does. Yeah. And that's actually, I think, a running theme of this episode and this season, is him, like... Once he's finally gotten to this like position where he's doing well, then he has way more time for reflecting on all of the horrible shit that he's done to people. Yeah. yeah. Well, and he's like so dedicated. He like says it all the time. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, we're going to be like 80% legit in yeah. two years. And yeah. Well, but I mean, and that was what he said to Grace at the end of season one is like, you know, someday I'm going to be a legitimate businessman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but it's just like, he wants God. to be the Kennedys. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that makes, uh, H&M, uh, well, yeah. one, of, one of the younger ones. Yeah, that's He'd true. He'd be one of the, like, side cousins. Yeah. Like that one that, like, killed a girl with a golf club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those crazy Kennedy You're cousins. You're going to have to be more specific. <laughs> <laughs> so Killian tells H&M to call his mother, and Killian will drive him to the station. 
Uh, and H&M has a little monologue that in the middle of his village there is a wishing well, and everyone says it's so pretty. But if H&M stays in that village one more day, he is going to blow up the well with dynamite. Killian chuckles and says that he's Polly's son, all right. She's always blowing things up with dynamite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or at least threatening to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I love that scene. I think it's yeah, great. Yeah, me too. Although, I will say, I was thinking about how this show, like, does not pass the Bechtel test. Like... It might have a scene where two women talk about something. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess, yeah, Polly and Esme talk about her kids, so I guess that passes. Yeah. But there's so few women, and they're almost always in scenes with all these men. Yeah. And I was thinking how much more interesting it might have been if instead of Michael being the child of hers that survived, if Anna, the girl, had been the one to survive, and if Anna had come back, and yeah. what that might have looked like. Yeah. Yeah, because I, mean, I mean, you could take. I mean, you could do almost essentially the same plot line that they're kind of going with here. Yeah, yeah. except that, she and it wouldn't, wouldn't be as confusing. She wouldn't have been allowed to hang out with the guys, though, right? In the well, way that Michael is, and she wouldn't. Have, they would have all been much at much more pains to keep her separated. Yeah, like the way they do for Ada. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I Michael looks just like John and it's really confusing. It is really confusing. Time. It's not going to get any less confusing when he starts dressing like them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, all white people look the same. That's true. <laughs> you can't even tell me and Tom apart, I bet. That's right, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to play great in only audio. <laughs> I love that when a plan comes together. <laughs> We cut to Camden Town while what I can only describe as fast boogie rock music kicks in. <laughs> That's how oftentimes these subtitles will uh, oh yeah classify music. But fast actually, boogie rock plays in the background. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is an actual song though. It's the Arctic Monkeys cover of Red Right Hand. Oh, I liked that one. Yeah, yeah. But this episode is like the sonic equivalent of that episode of Roseanne when everybody wore that chicken shirt, <laughs> <laughs> which we just saw. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Camden Town is not exactly what I'd call not on fire. <laughs> yeah. So maybe you know. Killian's just attracted to places that are burning all the time. Maybe yeah. everything was just burning all That's the time also back true. then. There wasn't, you know, widespread electricity. Well, so yeah. People were like, you know, this open air fall was good enough for my granddad. <laughs> <laughs> it's good enough for me. <laughs> Uh, we see Billy Kitchen unloading a boat full of his brigade and he's hustling them up the stairs and across a catwalk into Solomon's bakery. And they check in one by one. More like Solomon's bakery. for everything. Tom no, already get a new we, voice. That was what we discussed last week because I was like, everybody made fun of that Bane voice, but I'm like, he just it's talks just that his voice. voice. Yeah. Uh, so he's... I'm Charles Bronson, <laughs> whatever my name is. Man, we tried to watch that and we were like, what? This I heard he hangs dong, but I'm not that invested in the movie um, to like I can just, just look up Tom Hardy dong on the internet. And... <laughs> There's so many pictures. Oh, really? Yeah. Of his dong? That's great. <laughs> what a, it's pretty tight. What a time. Did you see Lenny Kravitz's dong? Yeah. I wasn't like that impressed. No. I was impressed by how giant his balls were compared to it. <sighs> well, I mean, that, I feel like that's every flaccid penis, though. Yeah. Oh, so he was like wearing a thing on it. Oh, I'm was like, he? He had like a cock ring on. Because, <laughs> I mean, he's like free balling under leather pants. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. You want it to like be well, a, at he, least yeah, half chub. I hope chub. he waxes. 
It looked like it was pretty. It was kind of grainy. So that that was my point. Like, my main problem with his dick is that it was so grainy <laughs> and out of focus. Get your dick in focus, Lenny Kravitz. His dick is just pixels. It's terrible. <laughs> oh, anyway, uh, back to the dongless bakery. <laughs> Uh, so everybody is checking in to fill up their hiring paperwork and uh, get their aprons. They're all getting onboarded. And uh, yeah, man, look, this is uh, once your criminal enterprise gets big enough, you have to start doing HR shit. Oh. <laughs> uh, Billy Kitchen shows up with quite the attitude uh, with Solomon. He's the giant guy, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, he was told he was going to be in charge. I know. And so he and Solomon's have a moment of like, you know, like, you can't tell me what to do. You're not my mom. <laughs> and then he leaves and Solomon's then mutters that you never give power to the big man and, you know, kind of saying he told that to uh, Killian. Mm. Uh, but then he's using the most adorable half-moon pince-nez. He's just such a, it's the, it's glasses that sit on your nose. Oh. But they're like these like granny glasses and i am like you are the most adorable man in this show because he's just you know yeah he's just well, i'll just he's, he's so like and i'll and have like, a bakery and oh, just <laughs> all this weird stuff <laughs> and I'm i want to enjoy his i'm only jewish mate yeah <laughs> <laughs> i enjoy his managerial style too because he was you know whipping through these people is like here what are you here for here you go fuck off yeah, yeah. No, you know, and if I ever become a people manager, that's yeah. what they call it now. They just call it people manager. Uh, it's like what a, else would you manage? I don't know. Expectations. <laughs> yeah, like people versus managing what? I don't know. That's. I haven't been told what my other option is. They it's, call sheepdogs managers now. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's it's all a way of skirting labor laws, I assume. Yeah. So. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah, it's a great point. It's like coordinator Tom. is the new associate. Mm. Uh, I hate this fucking country. culture. <laughs> I love my job, though. <laughs> you know what? That communist was right. Let's march. Oh yeah. man, Bernie, <laughs> socialist. Somebody ran in a Bernie shirt at the five k that we ran this morning. Yeah. Nice. I don't know though. I don't know how I feel about Bernie's chances. Can we do a quick poll? Uh, I you know I think they're minimal and always have been. Yeah. I really like him. I, well, that's, do you think Hillary would ask him to be your vice president? And do you no. think he would accept? No and no. Okay. Probably not. I mean, I think he's better off in terms of like influencing things, yeah. like the position he's, he's in in the Senate. Left. Yeah, I mean, that's what he's doing is he's he's shaping the debate, which is, you know, good and I don't important. think I would vote for him for a very shallow reason, which is that I think he looks like a Wallace and Gromit character. <laughs> Like, I may agree with him he on a does. lot of policies, but I don't want to look at that for four, possibly eight years. Yeah, but I want to listen to James Adomian's impression of him for, oh, like, he can keep doing at least that. ten. <laughs> yeah. Jesse Ventura wants to be vice president to somebody, to Trump. My entire brain just did origami because you said Jesse Ventura, and I'm, like, thinking about, like, James Adomian's Jesse Ventura right. impression, That's and I'm what... like, and it was just, yeah, it was, it was. So uh, no matter who wins... James Adomian yeah, we're gonna be, will look, have that topical James impression. James is definitely going to have an impression of somebody. Yeah. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Killian lectures the men who are all lined up in some part of the warehouse and says that if anyone asks, they are bakers. They are finding lodgings for everyone, but for the time being, they'll be sleeping in the bakery, and they shouldn't touch any of the bread because it will most likely explode. <laughs> One guy, and there's always one guy, raises his hand to crack wise that he hasn't seen any bread. <laughs> so uh Killian steps aside to let Solomon's handle it. Solomon's walks up 
and clocks the guy next to the wisecracker. He goes up to the wisecracker and says that the other guy is going to wake up, but without teeth and wiser for it. And the last thing he'll remember is that little joke. I do not understand in what way wisdom has been imparted to this poor man. Uh, I think the point is that... He'll be scared when the other guy wakes up. Yeah, the point is to get the group of subordinates enforcing the rules amongst themselves so that you don't always have to. Uh, now that's that they management. All know, yeah. yeah, now that they all know that any of them could be punished for anybody's offenses, they'll all keep an eye on each other. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. And then they're all sleeping in the bakery, so they're going to like fill their socks with soap and then hit the cracker guy. <laughs> Kelly, yeah. how would you be a people manager? Oh, I definitely met out uh, random violent punishments. <laughs> I think that's definitely the way to go. <laughs> Fire the guy next to the insubordinate. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely gonna. Um, it worked I'm gonna, in I'm gonna It worked in Full Metal all. Jacket. Yeah, yeah. Both of those have ended really well mm-hmm. for everyone involved, yeah. especially the person in charge. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, Full Metal Jacket's so upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> So Solomon's then says that the bakery has rules and they have to be obeyed because they exist for a reason. Rule number one, don't talk about bread club. Um, (laughs) Rule number two, anything a superior officer says to them is not discussed. And numbers three to infinity, something about how everybody's a sodomite, which... This was very unclear. We didn't understand kind of the point. (sighs) He said basically, I know you like me. Are all sodomites. And then, like, he was talking about something else. But it's all just a way for him to kind of get roundabout to tell them not to fuck any Jewish women. Yeah, he doesn't... They all want to, like, fuck before they're married. Right. But that's not a sodomite. That's a fornicator. Yeah, but maybe Jews have different labels on stuff. I don't think so. Maybe old-timey people are stupid. (laughs) I don't think they're that stupid. The Bible's pretty clear about sodomy. Yeah. Well, the Bible's not pretty clear about, like, the fact that... All right, if the Bible were clear about sodomy, we wouldn't be living in this America! <laughs> I'm just saying that it's fairly random that, like, the the people of Sodom in the Bible committed a great many sins, and it's sort of random that this one happened to be the one that got sort of picked out. It's because it was the most fun. Yeah. <laughs> Butt-fucking, dude. <laughs> Everyone can do it. Yeah. I mean, it also, I mean, it's, it's also true that just butt like. Sex is the great equalizer. Like. Everyone's got butt. <laughs> it's true. Even just oral sex would have been called sodomy at some points in history. So yeah, I don't it know. still is under right. a lot well, of anyway, uh, state statutes. Well, anyway, the point statutes. is, these guys aren't supposed to mess with Jewish women. Right. So Solomon's apologizes for interrupting Killian, who tells the men to pick up the guy on the floor and then whispers to Kitchen to get the men out of there and make this fucking work. Yeah. Kitchen marshals them out, hollering them that they better be fucking soldiers, and Killian lights a fairly skeptical cigarette. Yeah, this is not his style. Yeah. Uh, although I think it's a very good style if you want to control. Style? Yeah. Yeah. If you want to control a bunch of fucking violent ass criminals, uh, fight fire with fire. Yeah. Yeah. Violent ass. <laughs> he covered all They're the bases. Violent ass yep. criminals, yeah. Killian pulls up to Ada's house in his car. He comes into a room where she is, and she pulls a gun on him. This is uh, genetic, I think, at this point. <laughs> uh, she's displeased that he's got a key and demands it back from him. Uh, did he give her the key? 
I think he did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The house he bought for her. Yeah. He should have a key. Uh, she just, dis- well, look, Ada disagrees to us on principle with That's everything. True. Although I guess if somebody kills him and they find the key, they're, well, they're not going to be walking around being like, which house does this key go to? Well, <laughs> if they killed Killian, they already know which house is hers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway. they kill him. Like she's probably dead. Yeah. Yeah. So she- he should have the key. <laughs> <laughs> she's also changed up her look. Gotta- she has changed. She's wearing a lot more makeup. Yeah. Uh, he says She's the house- a bohemian now. Oh, God. <laughs> Great. Get your Moulin Rouge ready, everybody. <laughs> he says the house could do with some paint, uh, and she's very annoyed that he's telling her what to do with the house that he bought. Uh, this is why I don't take money from my family, Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, she sits... Well, they also don't offer, but... <laughs> <laughs> she sits and crosses her arms and asks what he wants. He basically wants her to help him purchase slums. And she refuses because what she is doing now uh, for work or volunteerism or whatever she's doing, she offers advice to families at the library who are fighting slumlords. Uh, he then says he's off. <laughs> and Ada expresses concern that there are men always watching the house. Killian says, gangsters are the worst kind. Uh, but they're on her side. She shouldn't worry about it. But she says some of them look like coppers. He says they're on her side as well. Killian uh, tells her that if no one was watching the house, he couldn't sleep. And then it says, cheerio, and leaves. Yeah. Classic. Yep. Sibling interaction. Yep. <laughs> Definitely. It's basically how it is when I visit my sister. Oh, yeah. I'm like, buy more slums in LA. And she's <laughs> like, I can't. I work at a dog daycare. <laughs> and I'm like, I'd give you money, but I don't have any. <laughs> I spend it all on Cheerio. These, I spend it all on these gangsters I have watching your apartment. It's <laughs> <laughs> all just comedians in cars. Say, <laughs> comedians in cars watching. <laughs> God, they can were... you bleep that? Because she doesn't like me talking about her. All right, we'll figure it out. Yeah, no, I, I mean I'll just cut the you know the name out. That's fine. Bleeps are so funny though. <laughs> We've never bleeped on this show. No, we haven't. Can I be the first bleep? Okay, well, we'll yeah. see if Tom can figure it out. I think I think there's a bleep function in our audio editor, okay, so cool. I think I think I can do it. Congrats, Allison. You're making uh you're making history yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. Peek these blinders. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's so hot. I'm like it's feverish. Okay. <laughs> So a car pulls up to Paul's suburban house. She let she's uh, apparently let H and M drive, and she shows him the house and says that she has taken on a maid who has made up the big room for H and M, and that they could spend the week there and get to know each other again. And it's all you know, still a bit awkward. Uh, she's, he was four when he got taken away. I don't think they really knew each other. Right. Yeah. Uh, she says that she's got ham, and does he like ham? He says yes, and Paul is like very like awkward about how she has a maid and you see this bell if, if you ring it that the maid will come and all this sort of thing but then i the, thought it was so cute yeah. Like, yeah and then when the maid comes paul like is like tongue-tied and h&m is like you know asks for the tea and the maid goes off uh tells paul that she'll get used to it i'm like man it must suck to be somebody's first maid like yeah because oh, like they yeah. don't even know what to tell you but you also aren't allowed to tell them what to do <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah we had a cleaning lady growing up yeah and we, I saw The Lion King 10 times. No, I remember. I actually. Because we were trying not to. I be remember around. you telling me that your you mom feel would take guilty. Me to yeah. 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 It's like, we're here too, but also, like, you're cleaning our house. <laughs> yeah. A uh, song called Out of the Black by Royal Blood kicks in. So I guess uh, we're done with red right hand covers. Uh, maybe there's <laughs> only the two. 
That can't be. There's got to be at least 50. Well, I don't oh, know yeah. about 50, but more than two. 13. Well, we're seeing Arthur doing lines of Enough for a novelty Tokyo. album. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm like, I want that album. Red Right album. <laughs> <laughs> Arthur's doing lines of Tokyo. Yeah. Uh, ah, yes. The infamous excellent decision-making of Arthur shall be on display again as he tucks a gun into his waistband. That is what I always do after my morning cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but Wait, you guys wooden, are saying it like you don't. It's a wooden, <laughs> it's a wooden gun, Big Biff Kid. Uh, a woman comes in to the garrison, and she uh, Arthur tells her that the cleaning position has been filled. The woman says she's not a cleaner, but she is there to clean up some filth. She pulls a gun. Whoa. Arthur tells her to put it away before it goes off, but she says he killed her son, and we surmise this is the mother of the kid that he beat to death at the boxing gym. Arthur says that her son was a boxer, but she says, no, he was a boy who got into the ring with an animal. Fair point. True. Yeah. She says she's there to stop him because the coppers and nobody else will. And Arthur, true. Yeah. He approaches and tells her that if she's going to shoot him to aim for his head, since that's where the trouble is. And it's pretty unnerving. Mm -hmm. Like, Arthur kind of wants her to do it here, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, He says that he's seen gut shot soldiers who take a half a day to die and carry around their guts in their arms. And I'm like, ugh. So uh, if anybody's planning to shoot me, also please aim for the head. Uh, Yeah, I think that's that's good. Yeah. he yells at her, although I guess we have better medical care now. Yeah, that's so I, true. You know what? Never mind. Uh, aim for body mass. I want to aim for my heart because don't mess with the money maker. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to charge admission at my funeral. <laughs> She's the richest corpse of all time. <laughs> Alice Leave it all to my dog. <laughs> uh, okay. Arthur yells at her to shoot him, but she doesn't. People love pulling guns on this show that they have no intention of firing. Uh, yeah. Um, what do they think is going to happen? I don't know. Just or, about the only person that's shot anybody on this show didn't even pull it out of her purse before she did it. Now that's professionalism. It was yeah. Yeah. That was That's a cool move. I just want a purse with a gun at the right? bottom. How is that not a thing? Mm. This is America. I mean, it probably is. It probably is. It's on like a prepper website. Or like yeah. a spy shop. Yeah. Uh... She, uh, so when she doesn't shoot him, he says he's going to finish his drink and she can finish it with him if he likes. And the gun then goes off and just misses by a mile. And then he grabs her gun and empties out all the bullets and then pushes her whiskey toward her. Uh, he then says that there's a fund that they'll pay her from. He knows it won't bring her son back, but they'll find work for her other sons and she won't have to work. And she then shrieks and flips the table uh, and points at him and says, Somebody has got to stop you people! Uh, and then she leaves. And then after, like, a beat, like, they had to pass each other, like, her coming yeah. out and him coming in, but Mumper just waltzes in, not a care in the world, and he sees, and he says, who broke the mirror? Seventy has bad luck, that is. Yeah. Like a regular Ron Weasley. <laughs> <laughs> he is kind of Weasley-ish. Yeah. Well, and then no. he just wanders, like, he just goes on without waiting for an answer. Like, I would actually be curious if I was in his position. I'd be like, wait, but no. You know what? what Honestly, he's not a good gangster. He's just really be, good at... Come on. If they had to ask questions every time somebody had shot something in a room they just entered, yeah. they'd never get anything else done. Or any time something got destroyed in a room where Arthur was doing cocaine. Yeah. yeah. That's also true. No. <laughs> he did cocaine so hard off that mirror. He really did. <laughs> 
At Charlie's, Killian says there will be four more boatloads tomorrow. Uh, Charlie complains that cigarettes and booze are one thing, but all of the manufactured stuff is heavy, and he's not even sure that it's stolen. (laughs) I love it when uh, thieves wind up having to do honest work. They get so mad. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm reading a book about that right now. And, like, this girl's just like, you know, I don't want to do any kind of honest work. Like, are you insane? Yeah. Killian says that some of it is legally purchased, and someday all of it will be. Charlie says that it's like having a job, and he wants another pound of boat. Killian approves. So maybe Charlie should have asked for more. But uh, <laughs> Charlie complains that they, Killian doesn't even fight him anymore, and it's no sport getting through the black country with this truce as they just wave at him from the bank. Killing this suggests that he just wave back. Uh, and Charlie then complains that it's all cars these days and asks when Killian last rode a horse. Yeah. Get back yeah. to your roots, Get Killian. back on that horse because I like looking at you on a horse, Killian. Mm-hmm. It's true. And he likes horses. You'd think he he'd do it like for horses. his own enjoyment. He's horse-like in that I think he's so, like, powerful. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he said that in the, in the previous episode. But with long eyelashes. Yeah. A lot of horses have long eyelashes. Well, that's what I'm like saying. Yeah. Gentians yeah. do? Is that a horse? I've heard the phrase gentian eyelashes, which maybe is racist. I don't know. <gasps> I know I said Not it. Not one I've, I've heard of. But. No, I said it and I was like, that doesn't sound right. Oh, like G E N T I A N. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard, th- I've seen that word, but I don't know what it means or represents. Well, none of us is going to check. So, <laughs> Good but plan. horses do have long eyelashes. Yeah. Um, we cut to Grace's senior photo. <laughs> <laughs> Taken at the mall. Yeah. Glamour shots. <laughs> I sang a song and they took my picture to make me stop. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Neill is creepily gazing at it. Uh, as and I mean, he. I was thinking this was creepy that he had this, but I mean, they were family friends, so it's possible that she had sat for a portrait at some point. He also probably just took it from her file. But there's that too. But her file photo was not that photo. Yeah, we saw it a couple times, and it was a lot more boring. Yeah, um, it didn't have her institution. She had it taken chin. at the strip mall. Yeah. <laughs> I had to pay for that one. <laughs> the landlady is bringing up some dry towels, and he wants to know if there are any other Irishmen staying there. And she says no. She keeps a respectable house with no Irish except for him. Yeah. But he's. I'm like, you know, you've got awfully red hair to be so uppity about the Irish lady. Mm. But maybe she is. Maybe she's a self-hating uh, Irish woman. Could yeah. Be. Yeah. Those exist. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to separate it from just the re- regular hatred. Of everything else. Yeah, I can't tell if I hate myself because I'm Irish or just because I'm white. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Tune in for our family meeting special episode. (laughs) Allison confronts her roots. (laughs) Uh, It's like, do I drink because I'm Irish or because I'm sad? It's hard to say. I've wondered that. Isn't that the same thing? (laughs) That's a good point. I'm sad because I'm Irish. I've never seen an Irish movie with a happy ending. Was Dancing at New La- Lunasa one? I just like read a whole thing about every movie Meryl Streep's ever been in. The Matchmaker with Janine Garofalo. Right. Ends pretty well. Was that all set <laughs> in Ireland? But she yeah. wasn't Irish. No, she I was feel working like, for a congressman in New I feel York. like that's kind of a cheat. Like, if everybody in the movie is not Irish, then it's not really Irish. There's two non-Irish people. Are they the main people? They're, one of them is. One's Janine Garofalo. And right. The other well, I assume she was the, the thing. main person. Yeah. I remember, th- I remember the posters for that. She's like sitting with like her head cocked. She's like, oh, when God. will I find love? Man, the 90s. Like Janine Garofalo or a Garofalo-esque Was a believable. Person. No, she was a romantic lead. Yeah. I love the 
Truth About Cats. And I, dogs. I was just going to say I've never seen movies. it, but I've heard it's great. It's yeah. amazing. Is it like a Cyrano de Bergerac situation? Yes. Okay. Um, well, Ben Chaplin falls in love with Uma Thurman's face and Janine Garofalo's voice. Wow. What if you Frankenstein them together? Yeah, it then it's a science fiction movie in the third <laughs> act. It's a whole yeah. body horror. <laughs> Being oh, silent oh. to avoid spoilers. I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know Cronenberg directed that. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay. Anyway, uh, he wants to know if any Irish show up looking for lodging there, because uh, I guess that's him doing his job. But then he asks if there is a chop house nearby, and she says that there is, but she herself serves sandwiches, egg, cress, ham, whatever pleases you, which sounds a little bit like weird. Yeah. Uh, and Sam Newell then awkwardly excuses himself to go find a chop. Uh, <laughs> what does chop? It's, he meat? wanted like a pork chop or a lamb chop. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. Sam Neill walks his cane echoing through Beeham. I'm mm-hmm. like, do you have a stealth cane for if you ever need to? Right? Be, like, because that thing with is a rubber loud. Yeah. Instead of, I want everyone to know my <laughs> infirmity. <laughs> that's the cane of someone who thinks they're untouchable. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Like uh, which Omar is, on yeah. The Wire. Which is ridiculous, though, because the only reason he needs that cane is because he thought he was untouchable and he underestimated everybody. Sam Neill, touchable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he spots Killian loitering in a doorway, and he says, they're mating a scheduled later. <laughs> Killian apologizes for moving it up, but he says, Mr. Churchill was impressed with his letter because all of his demands have been met. Sam Neill confirms that he knows because he heard the letter read aloud. Sam Neill says there was a lot of hilarity <laughs> at Churchill's office. Uh, and Killian then wonders if his men sometimes find him funny. Sam Neill does not like that. Cuts a little bit too close to the bone, so he walks away. But then Killian yells after him that the police department uh, have installed him in a house run by a notorious madam who is only semi-retired. So he's pretty sure people laugh at Sam Neill a lot more than they laugh at him. Yeah. Aww. Yeah, if you're semi-retired, that's, you're not retired then. Like, I mean, yeah. you know. Sam Neill's such a wiener. Like, yeah. I like, I, yeah. Maybe that's what, in my retirement, I'll be like, I'm going to go into whoring. <laughs> that's going to be my part-time job. I hear it's lucrative. And also make sandwiches. <laughs> Ham, crest. Yep. Beef curtains. <laughs> <laughs> Far and away my least favorite. Like, you can't even call that a euphemism because it doesn't even, like, soften the blow. It makes it so much worse. Ugh. Ugh. I heard it just called beef. Ah, <laughs> so ridiculous. Uh, I hate language. <laughs> I wish this was just like a moaning podcast. Sorry, that's my everyday moan. <laughs> yeah. What's your formal moan? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good formal moan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm. You're a fancy lady. I yeah, love you're set. You're all set for a state funeral. <laughs> when we get invited to Vice President Bernie Sanders' funeral. Oh, he's Two really, years into I was going to say, he's really old. 73? It's like, how old is Hillary? 69. That's not much better. <laughs> That's the only reason I know it. 
I wish her Twitter handle was at Hillary69. <laughs> for Prez. She's going to change the White House to 420 Pennsylvania Avenue. <laughs> Raddest president. God, I just, I feel bad for Hillary because I feel like she's so unlikable. She just, she's only unlikable because she's a woman. I don't think that's true. Well, like, also because she's like a horrible politician. She's but not, like, no, actually, for me, it cuts a little deeper because she's a Scorpio and I'm a Scorpio. Oh, Scorpios! And Anne Hathaway is a Scorpio. And oh, so, I hate all of you. No, we're all like we're very polite. Give us what we want. <laughs> we don't care that you don't like us. You liked us at first. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I'm a Taurus, so I'm like, uh, I'll be in bed. <laughs> Oh, man. No, but it's like Hillary just wants being president too much, you know? She's being really sweaty about it. No, like yeah. when like when Barack Quit was... being so thirsty by running for president. <laughs> when Barack ran, he was like, uh, uh, you could elect me president or I could not be president. Like, he seemed like he... Like, and you know that he did really want it. Well, he had other stuff, too. Yeah, but he, he's got, you know, his kids uh, are young still. They haven't turned out to be a resounding fart noise like Chelsea Clinton. Yeah, but she makes so much money money for speaking engagements i know but she hasn't ever done anything yeah let's kidnap her baby guys Ooh, right the town where she got married was really cute rhinebeck new york was that she got married right around the time that hillary pretended she was from new york right yeah it was like their uh house was in chapak chappaqua i don't understand rhinebeck that whole is area like, of the country i'm like what why are they yeah because we name stuff after native american names Instead of Mexican names. Well, uh, Q's are a sometimes letter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, you only need two of them in yeah. Chappaqua. <laughs> Not to be mixed up with Chappaqua, which is in a different part of the state. That's so insane. <laughs> yeah, New York's nuts. <laughs> you ever heard that? I have. I have. <laughs> only in New York. Q's everywhere. Usually, I was going to say, usually about the city. Generally not the state. It applies throughout. Okay. <laughs> yeah, New York State's like, hey, we're still New York too. Yeah, that's why I hate New York City. Yeah, They're New York th- City. Every time somebody says New York City, <laughs> every time, I'm like Pavlov's commercial watcher. <laughs> I don't even know which salsa that was for. Pace Picanti, Tom. Well, I, now Al I know. Kinane got in a fight with them. Oh God! <laughs> and then but it, it turned out to be <laughs> who was it? Brandon I, Walsh? No. He had Randy Liedke? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That guy. I say Liedke. Well, I took German in high school, so I oh, say Liedke. All right. Anyway, all right. This is now a Nazi guess. <laughs> Actually, everybody in Cincinnati takes German, and I don't like the implications it's of it sometimes. It's important <laughs> to know because the syntax is like, if you already, t- like I took Spanish already, because mm-hmm. like, you know, the romance language things, but German is much closer to English. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So it rounds out your understanding of the English language. Huh. That's good to know. I will perhaps judge my uh, fellow Cincinnatians less harshly. <laughs> I assume they just had a big boner for Hitler. I mean, <laughs> a lot of the kids in my class did. But uh, yeah. I had to block like two of them on Facebook this last week. Yeah. Talking about Black Lives Matter. Oh, and bet. I was just like, fucking this guy in the army that took German with me in high school turned out to have bad political views. <laughs> I don't believe it. I don't like, I don't see hardly any ignorant people on my timeline. And I don't know if it's just because like, I don't interact with them and they just don't show up or mm-hmm. what. Uh, either that, maybe it's cause you're better at having friends than me. I might be <laughs> like, and I thought, 
I'm not saying I'm like I'm as surprised as anybody <laughs> is what I'm saying. Like I am not a good judge of character. <laughs> uh but yeah, you know, in general. No, I mean at least I feel like I've at least like cowed my brothers into like submission. Like I'm not sure how racist they are. Mm. Like I think it's moderately. <laughs> well, cuz like I I went home one time and granted, was I really drunk making this argument? Yes, I was. So maybe that was not the best What time. was the argument? No, I was just I we were drunk and sitting out by the fire pit and I was like, "You guys vote for Obama, right?" <laughs> and like <laughs> brother was like well he hasn't really done anything and i was like yes he has i can't think of any of it right now but he, he made that purple state speech at the 2004 dnc he, he definitely he said some stuff uh and i was like I but i was words. like i was like come on i was like what you don't care about abortion what other reason could you possibly have for not voting for him if not racism no my conversation with my sister was like still black right and she's like yeah and i was like obama and she was like yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's really cute that's our whole family <laughs> i want no i want that to like be in a movie about you know the aughts yeah well no everyone was like obama's the first black president i'm like no he's the first half black mm-hmm. president so i'm way prouder of him than anyone else is <laughs> yeah <laughs> than anyone else anyone else allison mick will throw down his mom Against was your like, Obama yay! Pride. And I was like, yay! <laughs> <laughs> Representation matters. <laughs> Guys, I haven't had this much fun on this podcast in so long. <laughs> I'm so hot. My brain doesn't work anymore. Right, I'm just get saying this because it is insanely hot. All right. For those of you listening at home, we live on the fourth floor and it is a scorcher of a day here in Oakland. Yeah. Yeah. It's like... 82. <laughs> and it never gets... Well, actually, it's been getting this hot a lot more recently. I wonder if it could be global warming. I don't... It I, could be global warming, but it's definitely not because of humans. <laughs> God's doing this to us. progressive politics. <laughs> <laughs> what would Bernie say? Love black people. Hate science. <laughs> I'd vote for you. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> wistfully <laughs> I would hope you would vote for yourself if you've gone to all that trouble of running I wish we had comedy elections of some kind you right? could definitely like you could run and I could be like your Carl I Rove, would want to be you know like I mean? princess of comedy yeah, yeah. is I that don't... an elected position yeah all right I it's a constitutional like I've seen that like called me the Beyonce of Bay Area comedy I can't think of anybody else who would be better at it than you I feel like Jane Harrison would try but we would crush her pretty easily <laughs> Just from a like, just from a strategic perspective, she's not as princessy as you. I am very princessy. Yeah, and I will fucking. I can twirl with the best. I'll of do them. some underhanded shit. <laughs> I'll make sure you that can be my Dick Cheney. That's what I'm saying. And I'll well, just be like a good time. People, people don't like it when I say this. I just want to do coke and keg stands. I, and if you guys want to elect me to something, no, sure. All my life, I was like, oh, I want to be like in an important position. I was like, wait. I could be the, uh, you know, the shitty person behind the important person. I could like, just like hang out and like bang questionable dudes. (laughs) You know, never get blamed for anything. I'll shake hands with people. You mean mug them while standing behind (laughs) me. That sounds great. Yeah. I like this plan a lot. Let's do it. We maybe shouldn't have revealed it on this publicly available (laughs) thing. (laughs) Tom. Get it Cut out of there and it post. Out. Boy, this is going to be a long bleep. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Schneider, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right. So, Peaky Blinders. 
Uh, Shit, are we still talking about that? Yeah, we sure are. <laughs> we got a ways to go. Jesus, BBC, make your episodes shorter so we can talk about more different stuff. No. <laughs> Sam Neill's in charge of that? Yes. <laughs> Our episodes are as long as they need to be. We're just hey. mad we don't have Downton Abbey. <laughs> That should just be the BBC's tagline from now on. <laughs> so Sam Neill lives in a whorehouse. Yes, he lives in a whorehouse. Yeah. Hmm. Meanwhile, the Digbeth kid has turned himself in as ordered uh, and does a terrible job of being a fake real criminal. Uh, is he like slow or I is he just he is. like regular dumb? Well, I think he's a combination of Justin Tyler ignorant of this world and also just regular dumb. Okay. Uh, because... He doesn't understand that he's supposed to pretend that he's upset about being arrested and, you know, claiming he's innocent and that sort of thing. Yeah. Boy, he's lucky all these cops are crooked or somebody might have reported it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but finally, they just like, Moss is just like, fine, I'll fill out the rest of these forms myself with the answers you're supposed to give. Get out of here. Yeah. I like the look on Moss's face during that. He's like, where are they fucking getting these yeah. guys? <laughs> <laughs> well, but I mean, it's got to be really hard for them to find people without a criminal record. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we cut to all died in the fire. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The whole town is on fire all the time. <laughs> the town. The if town. If you're smart enough to avoid fire, you're smart enough to live a life of crime. That's true. <laughs> we cut to a boxing ring where that lieutenant guy, whose name we don't know, crosses to Sabini. Who's eating dinner in a boxing ring? Like, uh, yeah, you know. Well, he can see on He's all sides man. if somebody's approaching him. Yeah. Uh, Sabini wonders if that guy killed Killian. Lieutenant says Killian's too hard to kill with his army around all the time. <laughs> so he suggests killing Digbeth the kid to ki- uh, send a message. Sabini In the asks, mistaken belief that he's like a legitimate bookmaker that was arrested. Yes. Yeah. No. Uh, well, but I mean, I think he also, you know, I don't think it matters. The only message he wants to send is that their people aren't safe. Well, fair enough. So he doesn't give a shit whether he's a legitimate bookmaker or not. Okay. It's hard. And he, he's a legitimate illegal bookmaker. <laughs> the illegal street racist. <laughs> From one of our favorite episodes of Degrassi about the, the illegal, illegal street, street races that were plaguing suburban Canada <laughs> at the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's a suburb. You're going to have some races. Hey, later, let's uh, watch some Degrassi. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, Sabini wants to know from the lieutenant who won a 350 race, and the lieutenant doesn't know. And then Sabini loses his mind. I don't think I like Sabini, guys. No. My note for the scene I don't was, like this villain. Yeah. My note for the scene was Sabini still terrible. Well, and it's, it's like... And I even... Yeah. I like Noah Taylor sometimes, but I don't think I like him when he's playing terrible people. Because mm. I didn't like him as Margot Hote on uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. And I don't like him here. And it's like, I feel like he's doing a perfectly adequate job. That's the and same I, guy? Yeah. Huh. The more you know. I should have put that together because there's 15 actors in England. There are. <laughs> and uh, Sam Neill is three of them. <laughs> anyway... He's losing his mind and saying that Killian is bewitching all the horses and tipping all the punters. And the lieutenant wants to know again about Digbeth. And Sabini chokes him and asks why the lieutenant would want Sabini to order the murder out loud. Is somebody listening? So then the lieutenant says it out loud and Sabini releases him and says, good. And then you deal with Tommy fucking Shelby. Yeah. And it's like, I hope in series three that like whatever criminal bosses he's going up against, like, don't think he's so easily dealt with. 
Mm. Like, I mean, I guess that's part of why they're trying to take London. But, like, all these guys are just like, we could take this pikey. And they obviously can't. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you thought he was going to be this easy to deal with, he wouldn't be making you so mad. Well, you think, like, they think he's like JV. Yeah, he's that's coming true. in from this like second-rate town. Yeah. It's well, like when somebody comes and in also, from like I, I think, yeah, yeah. like oh, this comic's got nothing. And then if they're good, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, but they usually aren't. Right. That's <laughs> what Sabini's thinking. Yeah. yeah, and I think he's just been managing by tantrum, you know, his whole career. And managing it's gotten by this tantrum. Far. That's good. It's it's a real style. Um, <laughs> anyway, Mrs. Horror knocks on Samuel's door, and. Uh, he tells her to take off her clothes because he knows what she is, and he throws money at her. And I'm like, you suck, dude. Yeah. She says that he's not very gentlemanly. I'm like, you should have seen the last girl that he fucked. (laughs) She had a worse time than this. Oh, the evil Uh, but she starts to take her clothes off, but he tells her that he doesn't actually want to fuck her, he just wanted proof of her, you know. Sam Neill's such a fucking neckbeard. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just waiting for them to invent Reddit. (laughs) (laughs) R slash Canes. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, he wants to know if Mrs. Whore is in on the joke and tells her to tell her friends at the police station that he knows... So this is so boring, though. Yeah, like I feel like there was a way that this might have been interesting, but nobody who works on this show figured it out. Like no use for Sam Neill in this season. No, I like I do. I can't remember if he becomes interesting later, but I don't remember. Yeah, when he also says something about how they're laughing at him, but now he's going to be the one laughing. I'm like, I really can't see you laughing under any circumstances. Yeah, he's never laughed. He's never even chuckled. Really. No. Yeah. Boy. He's a real Robin Williams in the first part of Hook. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. That was you. that was officially the worst thing I've ever said. Yeah. <laughs> but you're a Scorpio, so you'll say way more. Oh yeah, stay tuned for the next horrible thing that I say. Run home, I'm Jack. Glad you ended Run home in the Jack. first part of Hook because I was like, what are you talking about? And then you realized, didn't you? Yeah. Yep. You sure did. That was a bangerang joke. <laughs> die <laughs> eventually <laughs> uh cut to digmouth in his prison cell and they play a pj harvey song uh the water is wide and i actually don't hate that that's a good song yeah, yeah. and this is like it's a weird little interlude and then it switch almost switches almost immediately into pj harvey's all and everyone as kitchen is overseeing the transport of goods and i'm like what is this like the season finale of the wire like what's up with all this montage <laughs> They like some, a little montage now and then. Well, it's easier to recap. Yeah, that's true. I'll give it yeah. that. Some toughs come into Digbeth's cell and tells the other people in the cell that this is what happens to blinders who come into the green from now on. By order of Sabini. So that's a cultural thing. Yeah. The whole by order of the Peaky Blinders. By order. Of, their gang name is way cooler. Oh, yeah. Sabini doesn't even have a gang yeah, name. Like, He's just like... Like, what's the point of having a gang if you don't name it? I right? agree. Like, that's the funnest part of having a gang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, how excited do you think the person who came up with the name Crips was? Like, that's a really good gang name, I think. Isn't so it I guess a uh, acronym? Uh, yes, but I just like, no, like, just like, it's such... Uh, I like it. So congratulations to whoever came up with that. Why are you saying it to me <laughs> like... I'll tell them at the next black people meeting. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> but it 
if you could. <laughs> I mean, I... Hey, hey, George, George Cripp, I have a message for you. <laughs> I'm only allowed to stand in the foyer. <laughs> anyway, uh, where were we? Okay, so Digbeth, uh, is saying that he's not real. Uh, he's been just stood up, but they don't care, and they slit his throat anyway. Another uh, life ruined by Tom Mix. <laughs> Paul comes into the betting parlor, says this better be good to interrupt her holiday, and Arthur asks where the boy is. Um, Paul says that he's in the back room, and she only brought him because they're going to the museum after this meeting of criminal activities. <laughs> Mumper says... <laughs> That, uh, he wanted to come in and say hello, but Paul says to shut up, there's nothing of interest to H&M in this room. Killian explains what happened to Digbeth, and that Sabini, uh, and that Sabini says that he, Killian, is next, and that their men won't work for them if they can't protect them in prison. So Killian tells Scudboat, we hadn't seen it a bit, to- Who's Scudboat? He is, his name is Scudboat, and he's just one of the sort of, he's one of the non-Shelbys, but reasonably high-ranking- uh, P.E. Blinders. Okay. He's invited to all the family meetings. Yeah. And his oh, name weird. is Scudboat. Yeah. I mean, gotta have a Scudboat. <laughs> uh, so, yes, he tells Scudboat to go break some windows to get arrested and into the, the prison so that they can sort out the guys who killed Digbeth. They ask if they can steal a car instead, uh, and everybody laughs, but Killian tells them to stop laughing because a boy is dead. A boy is always dead on this <laughs> yeah. show, though. Like, come on, dude. That's why Killian Murphy never laughs. Yeah. <laughs> Killian Murphy's laughter cures cancer, <laughs> but Killian Murphy never laughs. <laughs> a boy is dead. He cries for Ireland. Oh. He does. Oh, man. Have you seen The Wind That Shakes the Barley? No, I heard it's good, though. We recapped it on the podcast, and it is brutal. Really? Yeah, well, and you have Irish blood, so it's going to be even worse. Because it's like, we didn't know that much about the Irish Civil War. Mm -hmm. And we're watching it, and we're like, fucking, really? Shit was not tight. And I was like, I kind (laughs) of feel bad for like making fun of my mom for being so into her Irish heritage. Because I'm like, (laughs) we're only a quarter Irish. (laughs) But that but, quarter's seen some shit. Well, and our other, you know, our other three quarters are German, so it's not like we really had much to be proud of. Yeah. yeah. Well, you gotta latch onto something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so they all laugh about the stealing of the car. Killing tells them to stop laughing, and he tells Paul to start a fund. Paul says, okay, fine. Can she go now? Killian says he needs her permission as treasurer to spend a thousand guineas on a horse. In case you were wondering, a guinea is a unit of currency that was worth 1.05 pounds. Uh, so that's really weird, but that is England for you. <laughs> that's Their what? currency makes very little sense. Yeah. yeah. Encountered it many, many times. Also coins. Ugh. Coins. <laughs> Grow then, up. <laughs> you know, not anymore, but at this time they're, they're like notes, like they're pound notes uh-huh. are like this really thin tissue paper. It's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Paul is flummoxed by this request, wants to know when it was decided, and it was decided while she was gone, uh, that they want a horse to race so that they can get into the Epsom Derby owner's enclosure and take down Sabini. Killian says they need to diversify their portfolio. Paul is not thrilled that they're going to get wasted and blow a thousand guineas on a horse that's not even full Arab. Curly chimes in to say that quarter Arab is better and tries to explain why, but Paul tells him to shut up. Poor Curly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm team Curly. He's so great. Yeah. He's just like, everybody should always listen to Curly because he's always right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially if he's like, something bad's coming, I feel it in my bones. Yeah. Well, especially if he's talking about horses. I mean, who's a bigger horse expert, him or Polly? Also, he's hanging out with the Peaky Blinders, so something bad is always. Yeah. Well, that's true. That's always a good bet. Yeah. 
H&M comes in, much to Polly's dismay, and he says that he wants to go with them because he loves horses and has been to horse auctions before. They're quite respectable. And uh, he even tries to make it happen by calling Polly mum, uh, but she says, fucking no, and H&M walks out. Killian ends the meeting. It's like, well, yeah, that was that was the last thing on my agenda was an awkward conversation between the two <laughs> A mumper tells her that when he was H&M's age, he'd... Two ki- years ago. <laughs> yeah. He'd killed a hundred men and seen a thousand die. And that if she wants H&M to stay with the family, or with her, she needs to let him go to this horse auction. How old is he, mumper? Because he's got four kids, and I think Esme... He got married to her last season. Right. Well, he had so, four kids he, before yeah, that. And it's like, did, oh, yeah. Did he knock somebody up when he was like 14 and they had to get married? Probably. Like, it's... Doesn't seem like that unlikely of a circumstance, yeah. H&M comes into a room uh, saying all Mumper's old things fit him, and Paul says he looks just like his father. She's making shrimp and ham sandwiches, which sound fucking horrible. I'm not a ham person. Also, she's using shrimp paste. Yes, which is heinous. Yeah. Ugh. (laughs) British cuisine will make anything into a paste. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, H&M wants to know how his father died and Paul says it was a real river gypsy's death. He died drunk between a boat and a lock. <laughs> uh, but he could sing, play piano and break hearts with his smile. Says H&M has his eyes and when his father was sober, he was kind and gentle. But she says he fell in with the wrong crowd as a boy uh, and right on cue, a horn starts blowing outside and uh, she tells H&M that she's been telling them not to blow that horn and she runs outside saying this is a respectable fucking neighborhood. <laughs> I like that that problem has been around since as long as cars have been around. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm like boy if you keep dropping the F-bomb like that it's not going to be respectable for long. <laughs> nah. I like England. to think about all of her neighbors being like well she's driving the property values down. <laughs> <laughs> I hear she's a gypsy. A truck pulls to a halt overheating uh, it's it's the blinders all packed in the back. So while Curly takes a look at it, H&M unpacks these sandwiches and tea that were packed for him. And uh, all the boys make fun of Polly, but they do take the sandwiches. I hate it when they make fun of Polly like that. No? Like, even though I don't like her a lot of the time. But I'm like, come on, guys. Well, like, she's been such a hard ass for so long. Now she's making sandwiches. Yeah, I guess that's true. How dare she be a soft woman? I want a sandwich. Yeah, I'm hungry. <laughs> Not shrimp paste, though. No. no. Not Kill- anything paste. <laughs> Killian is telling the boys how to behave, but Curly has a bad feeling about the horse. Cut to an attractive bitch. <laughs> she sees Killian and wonders aloud why people come late to these things, and her escort says that she's the only person who needs to see every horse, uh, and that you know other people come with something in mind they want to bid on. They watch as the horse Killian wants comes up to the block, and the attractive bitch tells her escort to bid, and she'll go halves. Everyone tells Killian to stop as she bids him up way, way over his limit, but he refuses because he has seen what the fuck is going on with this attractive bitch. Yeah. And well, she's uh, been she's every time she bids, she like is making fuck mm-hmm. eyes at oh, him. Oh yeah. I mean look, if I was bidding against Killian Murphy I mean if I was anywhere with Killian Murphy, you couldn't stop the fuck eyes. Yeah. <laughs> like I'd be asked to leave. <laughs> Ma'am, you're gonna have to take those fuck eyes someplace else. You're ruining our auction. Just five more minutes. <laughs> Ma'am, as assistant manager <laughs> I'm gonna have to ask you. <laughs> he clocks the person next to me. <laughs> 
is what happens when you make fuck eyes. When he wakes up, he's just going to remember your fuck eyes. <laughs> he's going to give him issues. Uh, anyway, Killian winds up on the hook now for 2,000 guineas, uh, which I'm sure Paul's going to love. Yeah. She really loves it when things happen that she didn't know about. So, <laughs> yeah. Why is it 2,000 instead of one? Well, I think I might to get to fuck this pretty girl later, so it yeah. seems worth 1,000 guineas to me. I think that's a good reason. No. I don't make good decisions. Killian is talking to a guy in his office uh, and explains that his business is import-export and doesn't get much more detail than that. Uh, the attractive bitch tells him that he beat them, and she wants to know where he's from. He says, Birmingham. And she says, goodness. And he says, not much. Ooh. She knows he wants... His flirting game has, like, gotten, like, a lot better, I think. Yeah. Guys need to up the wordplay mm-hmm. in their flirting game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, guys t- who are listening, uh, get your shit together. Take a lesson from Jace Mraz. A lot of guys <laughs> listening to the Downton Abbey podcast. Please. In this house, we call him Mr. A to Z. It's true. I love Jason Mraz so much. After the New Year's honors list, he'll be Sir A to Z. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know he was English. (laughs) Well, you you know, it's an honorary thing, I guess. Okay, cool. Yeah. The Jack Johnson accent is put on. (laughs) Her Majesty quite likes that song about uh, I won't worry my life away. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't, though. I don't know what the queen gets up to. Yeah. I don't think she's worrying her life that much. Nah. She's fine. She's got, she pays someone to do that. She's got her corgis. Yeah. I mean, I think ever since that Helen Mirren movie, there hasn't been much to trouble her. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good movie. Yeah, it was. Helen Mirren's great. Mm hmm. I wish she would be on our podcast. (laughs) No offense. (laughs) None taken. (laughs) If Helen Mirren comes on our podcast, you can be on If she walked in right now, I'd just leave. (laughs) Hello, I'm Helen Mirren. (laughs) Oh. I was just walking by. <laughs> it's hot as balls. <laughs> I miss the London fog. <laughs> anyway, back at the flirting. Uh, well, what's also fun about this is that the other Shelbys are kind of down the hall and uh, yelling and making fun of Killian this it's, whole it's time. It's straight out of high school. I kind of yeah. love it. Like when they're actually having fun and behaving like normal human beings and not killing everybody. I'm like, oh, you guys are fun. <laughs> They're still getting the childhood they never got. Mm, yeah. No. She asks what Killian does, and he says that he doesn't answer questions. Uh, so, yep, still working for her. Hot. <laughs> <laughs> she says that she is Mae Carlton, and she breeds and trains racehorses. Killian learns that the guy she was with was her father, uh, and also learns that her husband is dead, meaning she's available. Boy, she's, I mean, like, she's living not, a life. Let's not knock her flirting ability, because she's like, hello, I train horses, and I'd like to fuck you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, and she doesn't skip a beat. She just immediately is like, by the way. Yeah. Well, there's way, ways to say, I want to fuck you. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. that was my dad and my husband's dad. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, she gives him his card and uh, they're bringing things up, but she says that she still doesn't know what he does and Killian says, oh, I do bad things, but you already knew that. Boom! Killian out! Yeah. That's 
Such I, a good exit line. I think yeah. I just had an orgasm <laughs> just thinking about that scene. Oh, also, one just quick note. When they were up on the balcony bidding on the auction, there was an ad behind, behind them for what appeared to be a PR firm that was advertising all kinds of publicity schemes and estimates, Ooh. which I thought was interesting. I but would you like would, a publicity scheme. But I was like, yeah, I guess at a horse auction, you would get more white-collar ads up on yeah. the wall. Oh, yeah. Because they're like... Our horse is good, or no, not the horse. Their regular business, I guess. yeah, you yeah. know, whatever they need it for. Yeah, get their right. name in the society papers. Ooh, on the way out, <laughs> uh, <laughs> old timey Debbie Mazar telling them how to like now. Nah. <laughs> Can you please just uh, look? I know we're in Britain, but you gotta you gotta work with me here. <laughs> You gotta get Turtle out of your house. <laughs> Sorry, Lord Turtle. <laughs> uh, entourage is garbage. We here, here. secretly love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just want to be on the record as saying yeah. it. Lloyd! On the way out, Arthur says all rich women want is working class cock because all their husbands are dead. And I don't think there was anything in that previous scene to counterdict that. Yeah. So Arthur has some gems every once he in does. a while. Curly says maybe she was the source of his bad feeling, uh, but probably not. Because as soon as he says that, a bunch of dudes come at them with guns. Yeah. Everyone else is gone. Yeah. Everybody else is like, gone. Like other people bought horses that day. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe Sabini controls that territory. And he was oh. like, clear out. <laughs> oh, Sabini. <laughs> We're working on the name. <laughs> uh, the boys all fight them off, and Arthur beats the shit out of one of them and tries to bite his ear off or something uh, before everybody pulls him off. Uh, and H&M just kind of stands there. And yeah. Killian says not to get blood on the kid and for H&M to give him the keys. But H&M says he's all right to drive. Uh, he's seeing more of this criminal lifestyle, and he likes it. Yeah. He wants to participate. Yeah. Uh, and Killian says okay. So... They're kind of they're kind of circling each other to figure out what's what and yeah, who should yeah, do what. Yeah. Paul sees H&M come in uh, when he gets home, wants to know how it went. He says it was cold in the van, but it was super. Uh, she wants to know if they behave themselves. I feel like super is the LMAO of this time period. <laughs> because every time he says it, Polly's like, super. Like, she can't believe he's saying that. Yeah. Well, they just learned that word. Yeah. Apparently. Uh, yeah, she wants to know if they behave themselves. He says that they were amazing and uh, calls her mom again. Master manipulator. No, I mean, yeah. I'm impressed by how manipulative he is. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he's just happy that, like, he's like, oh, I got to, like, see my cousins beat some guys up. And, and you know, it could be. I'm so happy. I could throw be, her a mom. It could like, be a combo. Yeah. yeah. Manipula- man- manipulative people have feelings, too, uh, unless they're sociopaths. So. Right. But he's just, you know, he's really glad. He never thought he'd get the chance to bite somebody's ear off. And now yeah. it looks like he might. Yeah. Nick Cave's lover man kicks in as we see Arthur sitting with Mumper. Uh, Mumper stands up and walks out as Arthur flexes his bloody knuckles. Yeah, and, and I'm like, Arthur, I know you're feeling d- down, but this guy did deserve it. He yeah. was trying to kill like, you. Like, if you can yeah. just not try to kill people who aren't also trying to kill you, then you'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, we see Killian walk into his office and he sits down. He pulls out the card for Carlton Stock and tosses it on the desk. I mean, it is also a bit of, you know, symbolism. She also wanted to know if uh, she would ever want to put that filly out to stud. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, right? Yeah. Like, I guess I went in the, I went in the wrong line of work. <laughs> Be like, oh. So many more sex puns in mm-hmm. animal husbandry. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, that was Peaky Blinders Season 2, Episode 3. Yes. All right. Wow. 
We did it. I do we, like these short seasons. Yeah. I don't. I no. love you like a long binge one? watching yeah. for more than six hours. I think um, it's fun. We don't get to binge watch that much anymore, though. Yeah. It's got to be a special occasion. Yeah. But, you know, we, uh, I mean, we're still pro binge watching. Oh, yeah. Just because yeah. we can't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> We can't, so no one should. <laughs> we're like we're like, pay, you know, like people with kids, except like with binge watching. Like, yeah. oh yeah, you know we we uh we got this podcast now, so we can't really binge watch anymore. Yeah. Ironically, our love of television <laughs> has meant that we can't watch as much of it anymore. Your podcasts yeah. are your children; it's fine. Oh god! Well, you don't have to feed them or anything. No, yeah, they don't poop true. on you. Yeah, also true. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Allison. For, thank you uh, for having me. This podcast. was super fun. Yeah. yeah, we'll have to have you back again. It's just do like, it. It's just delightful. Mm-hmm. It's you so just, much fun with you guys. You, you bring such a regal energy to the podcast. <laughs> well, I am the princess of Bay Area comedy. Yes, you are yeah. indeed. Well, that election hasn't been held yet, but you are the princess of this podcast. <laughs> <declare that. laughs> All right. So we'll be back next time. By order of the Peaky Blinders.